3: I'll talk. Here we go. Ah, uh. he said he living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit, and every time you mingle, they say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. <laughs> Life as a gringo, yes, welcome to the episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. And we have a very special episode of the show today. So, real quick, uh, the overall theme of the show today is going to be about finding your voice, and I'm going to take you through uh, my own personal story and how I found my voice and some tips and tricks. Um, but I'm going to do it in the form of uh, a speech that I actually gave last week. Um, as a part of a of a initiative that iHeart Media is doing, um, called the Next Up Initiative. And it's basically empowering podcasters, um, but specifically people of color to get into podcasting and essentially share their voices. And I was asked to not only be a mentor for this program, but um also to be a, a speaker and to give a speech and a presentation. And obviously real, I'll be super real with y'all, like I was very excited about giving the speech ahead of time, but when the actual day came, just like anybody else, you know, like I was tired. It was a Friday. I just wanted to like relax and chill with my girl and just kind of unplug from from another long week. But after it was all said and done, I got to admit I, I felt incredible. It just felt like you know I really gave something valuable to people and um and, and just sharing my story and being able to give advice to people and have them ask me questions just felt really good. Uh, and I wanted to to share it with with my audience here on the podcast because I just thought that it was. Super helpful, you know, from even just hearing you know uh my own personal story and me talking about things in depth in a way that I don't normally talk about um on other platforms and also just having an audience there to ask questions so you'll hear a bit of the q and a that I got from people. Uh, we'll do that in the uh ask a gringo segment of the pod today, but you'll hear some specific questions that people had when it comes to you know, finding the confidence to express yourself and being unapologetic about expressing yourself. And like, how do you get over this idea of, of, you know, being judged for really expressing yourself in a very honest way. And even just in a very technical way, if you are trying to be a podcaster or have an interest in that, this is definitely going to be super helpful for you. But also I want to make sure that this was something that could be relatable to anybody. So even for me, like when I listen to a lot of things, even if it's not specifically on something I'm trying to do, I believe there's value in absolutely everything, you know. So even if you're not into podcasting, I think you can apply a lot of the principles that I talk about to whatever creative endeavor you're trying to do, whatever entrepreneurial journey you're trying to take yourself on. This is really just a story of, you know, being unafraid to follow your gut and also understanding, you know, that. Man, it's a fucking process trying to do something. You know what I mean? Like trying to be creative and create your own thing is a process. And you'll hear that as I lay out my whole story um, uh, from you know being a kid and having a dream of, of working in music to where I'm at right now. And you'll also just hear me being really raw and 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 giving some really honest feedback and advice to some people who are trying to do something similar, um, other creatives who are probably not much different than yourself who are, are trying to step out and and do something that uh, you know feels right to them and, and is fulfilling to them. So I thought this was super important. I didn't want it to just be something that like you know uh, was only shared amongst the ten people because this is also a contest that IHeart is doing. So I think it's like. 8 people or 10 people that have been chosen to be a part of this program. So I didn't want it to just kind of live and die right there. I thought that uh, a lot of the conversations I was having uh, in this in this speech were, were things that a lot of people can find value in. So I want to make sure I shared it with everybody. So we'll start things off in the show with, uh, of course, our deep dive uh into into the topic and and with this one um you know you'll hear me specifically talking about my story from basically beginning until where I am right now very specific of you know how I got into music and radio and then podcasting and all these different things you're going to hear kind of the the tidbits of my story and and how it all happened and then we'll go to our ask a gringo segment where you will hear questions that I took from the participants of this next up initiative um, and a lot of them asked some really great questions and i feel like i, I was able to kind of really give some some uh first-hand knowledge that could be super helpful to people that is not normally like super accessible to to everybody so i want to make sure i invite you guys into something like this that I thought would be um, really beneficial for anybody out there that's a, a creative so without further ado let's do a little bit of a deep dive where we start off about me kind of talking about how i got into this uh place that i'm at right now and we'll do it in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people
0: in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back.
3: Say a lot for the people in the back. Cool. So, yeah, my name is Dramos. Um, Today I'll be talking about my journey from radio into podcasting. I currently host a podcast called Life as a Gringo. And uh, I'm also a producer for iHeart, working behind the scenes on a a few different podcasts. Uh, Before that, I was an on-air personality and a DJ for the radio station Z100 in New York City, uh, as well as a producer for the syndicated radio show The Breakfast Club. Um, So that's been a lot of my radio background, uh, mostly in New York. I mean, I think in general, when I think about my story or my career, it's just mostly been me being open to trying things because this was not in the plan at all. Like, radio wasn't even in the plan. Podcasting definitely was not in the plan. I kind of just allowed life to kind of take me, you know, wherever it took me, and I was always paying attention to, like, what was the new thing that was happening, you know, and 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 um I always just kind of trusted my gut and went with what was kind of speaking to me at the time. Um So, I mean, for me, this whole kind of journey starts more so as, like, a musician, and I've done just about everything you could do in the music industry. I mean, from wanting to be a rapper in elementary school that was a real thing um and then that became wanting to be an R&B singer uh and none of that panned out obviously um I mean then honestly playing in bands growing up eventually touring around um I ran my own record label for a while I worked for some record labels uh and then becoming a DJ and music producer uh I mean again just literally fucking just dabbling in absolutely anything that I could get my hands on and getting in front of anybody. But, um, I say all that because it's completely necessary to my story because it's the reason why I'm sitting here in front of you today. You know? Um, I mean, all of that stuff taught me so much about the industry because I learned about it from every single angle, you know? And, um, even just going into radio, one of the things that set me apart was I was already kind of hip to like creating your own personal brand. You know what I mean? And like, um, because being in a band, like you're forward facing, you know, you're on stage, you are getting pictures taken of you, all that kind of stuff. And that was all very foreign to radio. Like, you know, radio was never seen, you know, I mean, always just heard. So when I came to the radio station, it was when social media was quickly changing a lot of the way that radio was moving. And and I had a leg up just because of that experience, you know, of, of always like caring about my own personal brand and like, you know, my logo and how I dressed and all these different things, you know, were something that was on my mind. So like, as the industry started to change, um, you know, I kind of got a lot more attention because I did stick out just because I was so on, on brand with what was happening uh, in the industry. But I mean, for me, DJing was definitely like the thing that kind of kicked down the door. You know, it allowed me to really network and meet a lot of different people. It allowed me to meet my first mentor who helped me get my first foot in the door when it came to radio. And he literally would sneak me in on Sunday mornings into the radio station and teach me how to work the board. And it was like, we couldn't tell anybody, the boss, like, you know, we had to make sure the boss wasn't listening or anything like that. Cause I was definitely fucking up left and right. But like, you know, uh, meeting him and just taking that opportunity. Like I would drive literally an hour into the city from my parents' house every single Sunday morning, like hungover from the night before or like from DJing and not getting home until like five in the morning, I would take my ass in there every single morning and I would just do it. And and this went on for like almost a year until eventually like uh, he was able to kind of pitch me for a job opening after somebody fell asleep at the at the board one night. And they had like seven minutes of dead air, um, which in radio, if you have I can't imagine sitting in a car for seven minutes, not listening to anything like radio. That's that's excruciatingly bad, you know, but like because I was doing all these things, I was like the guy. He was able to pitch me and be like, hey, listen, like he knows what the hell he's doing. He can come in day one. And, and that was my journey. And my shift was midnight to 6 a.m literally just babysitting the boards. Like the radio station was empty at that time. I was just making sure like no commercials got messed up and that everything ran on time. Um, But it was like my foot in the door and I used that. Like I got my key card, you know what I mean, from doing that. So I was like living pretty much at the radio station, you know, even when I wasn't working there, I would come in early, hang out with all the jocks. I'd be sleeping on the couch, sleeping on the floor, whatever the case may be, just like networking. You have to utilize whatever opportunities that you get. That was like the biggest thing for that time period, you know. It's that entryway. Like that key card was better than any paycheck they can give me because I was definitely making minimum wage over there. but it was it was huge because I was just able to get access to so many people, and I just tried meeting, meeting, meeting people. And that started leading to opportunities. That's how I got my foot in the door at Z one hundred um first getting to DJ over there and meeting everybody over there, um and then eventually getting my first full-time gig, which was a god awful job. but Kind of staying in the same mindset of like listen i'm gonna take what life is giving me i know it's gonna lead me somewhere good and that was working for a conservative talk show um and this was right as like trump got elected so it was just fucking trump all day every single day and that was like my job just like running those boards you know but i was always respectful um and the irony of that is that like well that host wanted to push me out because obviously we're on the same page but Uh, the higher ups that I was basically answering to because I was always so just like, you know, kept my head down, didn't, you know, I wasn't an asshole about anything. Um, They actually are the ones who recommended me for the breakfast club. Like, so ironically, it was a Trump uh, supporting show. That is how I got the gig working at the breakfast club. Um, So, I mean, I say all that because at the end of the day, like you have to take every single opportunity seriously. You you never know who's watching, you know? Um, And, and I really do think that even though, you know, they all knew that I wasn't fucking with the content that was there. They all saw that I still came in every day and, and treated it like a job. You know what I mean? I was respectful uh, to the position and that's what got me, you know, working at the at the breakfast club. And then eventually it was like the bosses at the breakfast club that recommended me to actually be an on-air personality as even 100. So like all of this stuff just begins to kind of tumble into one another. Like the biggest thing is this is an incredibly small industry. I know it feels really big, but like Every single person you meet, like you really have to just make a, a positive impression because you don't know where the hell they're going to be. You know, like I, I shit, I was, you know, not less than an intern. I wasn't even I didn't even officially have a job there. I wasn't even officially an intern at one point. And now, you know, I'm blessed to be in a position to do a lot of different things. So you really don't know where people are, are going to end up, you know, and, and also you don't know where these journeys are going to take you. So you have to just say yes to a lot of these, um, you know, opportunities as, as they come up. Um, and the breakfast club was a, was a dream come true because, you know, I, I utilized that as like, that was like school, you know what I mean? That was like the best, and I was there for four years. That was the best four years of college I could have ever gotten, you know, um, getting to sit around to just soak up, you know, uh, game from, from these personalities who have been doing it for so long, you know, uh, let's see, Jonathan, you said, uh, the person holding the door might own the building. That is the thing I've learned. And absolutely. I think that's a great way to look at it. Um even Charlamagne from The Breakfast always says, you know, you, you treat every single person that you meet um in the same way because you just never know where they're going to end up. You know what I mean? Like somebody could be the intern today and they could be that next big personality the next day. And if you had a good relationship with them, you now have somebody who can vouch for you and help you do what you want to do, you know, um aside from obviously it being right to just treat people good. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, um you know, it's just a, uh, it's just, you got to really soak everything up. So, I mean, getting back to what I was saying about the breakfast, that I just soaked up how they use their personality, the way they advocated for their community. Like it really helped me inform where I wanted to be as a personality. And that's something I would suggest to anybody, like really find some people that you fuck with, like some people you really like and study it, like break down what are the things that you like about what they do, you know? And listen, there's going to be things that you don't like and and take note of that as well. Like what would you do differently if you were in that position? You know, so there there are so many things from them that I've taken away. But like I'll say for me, it's also doubling down on on who you really are at your core. Kind of once you start figuring out who your voice is, like what makes them them is the fact that they are unapologetically themselves, you know. Um, And if we're talking about in the world of podcasting where it's really like niche, like how can you tap into something and get an audience? Like the more you are yourself, the more you're going to get people really fucking with you, you know, especially like I said, in this kind of thing. And that's something I've learned, like, and that was a part of also why I transitioned out of radio because radio has a format, right? Radio has a structure, it has a timing. These brands in radio from Z100 or Power 105.1 where The Breakfast Club is on in New York, like these are brands that are bigger than the personality themselves. So you kind of have to follow certain things, you know, like The Breakfast Club is a bit of an exception just because they are so big at this point. It's kind of like, you can't really tell them what to do, but you know, for a personality like myself who's just starting out, you know, I had to abide by those rules and that's kind of what started to rub me the wrong way a bit when it came to um, you know, radio. All right, we're gonna get more into my story, of course. Uh, but let's uh take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When
1: you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
3: All right, we are back and we will jump right back into where I left off in my speech as we talk about podcasting. Podcasting had always been on my radar, but the biggest thing you should take note of right now when it comes to podcasting is that, you know, look where the money's going. Like the money is going towards podcasting. You have advertisers who are, you know, who traditionally might have spent money on radio ads are now doing ads on podcasting. You know what I mean? It's not like some local brand. It's fucking McDonald's, it's Walgreens, it's State Farm. You know, like they're putting real money behind it. Like it is a real bona fide industry, you know? And I had been doing podcasting on the side, but when I started, it was like, man, it was like, uh, hobbies you know what i mean like the best you could hope for was like maybe some dude with a vape shop in your town would sponsor your shit for a couple hundred bucks you know what i mean like it wasn't a real viable thing and now it's like yo like there's really something to this and it's beautiful because it puts the power in the hands of the creative you know what i mean like any one of you on here right now could create something that blows up and you're literally like in control of it that's the beauty of of the industry that we're in right now you know and and that's what was so attractive to me about making this transition And, and i'll be real like It was definitely hard to walk away from a brand like The Breakfast Club or a brand like Z100, which is so big in New York City. Like that wasn't an easy decision. But for me, I had to kind of get real was am I going to start am I going to make decisions based upon something that feeds my ego? Like that I'm being able to say, hey, I work for The Breakfast Club or am I going to truly dive into what fulfills me? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm passionate about doing. And that's kind of what, you know, again, following your gut and just going with what feels right to you. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I mean, I'm only, you know, uh, officially a few months out of it, but it's just been incredible to be able to dive into your own creation and really just dial in your own voice is is just absolutely, you know, um, incredible. And, And the beauty of everything is that I learned how to do absolutely every single aspect of a podcast as well. So I produced my own podcast as well as hosting it. And that was by choice, you know, because I wanted it to sound a specific way. You know what I mean? There's certain when you nerd out about the way it's produced and things like that, like I have ideas of how I want things to sound. So even if you are just a personality, you shouldn't have a working knowledge of how to actually edit things and how to produce a podcast, because even if you're not doing it yourself, your ability to convey what you want will be so much more helpful to the people that are producing it as well. You know, to really get that vision that you have inside your head to, to get it out there, you know, so definitely learning every aspect is going to be going to be huge. You know Um, I mean, for me podcasting is freedom you know whether it is producing it's like you know there's no real schedule you know what i mean you get to kind of work as, as you please you know obviously you have certain deadlines but you know as long as you're meeting those deadlines nobody's on your ass about 9 to 5 or you have to be you know on air from this time to this time and sitting in that room and and this and that you know so there's so much so much you know freedom within podcasting and even for me like getting to do a podcast and, and my podcast life is a ingo, like the shorts feel of it is like for me, I felt like I've always existed in two worlds. So I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, but I was born here in the States. So when I would go home to my family in Puerto Rico, they would call me a gringo. They would tell me that, um you know, I was too white, that my Spanish was garbage, all of the above. But when I was here at home with my friends, they would make fun of me because my parents had an accent or my house smelled a little different when my mom was cooking. You know what I mean? So I exist in this gray area. So, I mean, the irony of it all is though, like that seems like such like a a weird thing to have a podcast about but like as I'm putting out these episodes like people are reaching out to me like yo this is exactly how I have felt and I have not felt representation and that's the way you kind of have to look at it like and that's when kind of I I knew that this because I've had a million one podcast a lot of failures I'll say that right now but like I knew I hit upon an idea when I knew that it was very targeted you know and that's kind of how you should be thinking when it comes to your podcast idea like really think about who specifically you want to hit because that's how you're going to do it you know a lot of people are just trying to do very blanket things, you know what I mean? Like, whether it's like a a hip-hop podcast, but it's like, there's already Joe Budden, so why would somebody choose to listen to your hip-hop podcast over Joe Budden? Like, what is it that you're doing differently? Especially as we begin to see that everybody and their mother has a podcast right now, it's going to be extremely saturated, so you have to find your niche, you know what I mean? Like, there are people that fucking love My Little Pony, and they go hard for My Little Pony, that seems crazy to me but there are people who literally live for My Little Pony and like that is a gigantic audience out there somewhere, you know? So to me as focused in, as dialed in, as you can be about who you're speaking to will always, always be the, the best way. There literally is a world out there for anything and that's what you have to try and tap into. So, I mean, that's kind of my my quick little story of everything. I kind of want to open it up uh, to some questions and some conversation you guys might kind of have uh, when it comes to things.
2: Ask a Dringo.
3: yeah th- thanks for sharing that was um awesome to hear your your story and the, the things that you've you've gone through and how you bring that in and it was inspiring to just hear to to just oh, i love with. that um thank you i guess my question was like um thinking about sort of being a voice like how do you sort of it seems like you got to kind of be a little bit more energetic than maybe mm-hmm. you're you got to stay right. interesting but then sometimes you you can't sacrifice your sort of um for me like like I'm a kind of an expert on this topic, but I still want mm-hmm. to be so fun. Um, yeah. So you keep that stuff sort of at a at a, kind of a high level, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, that was the big knock that people used to give me was that you're too low energy. And it's like, well, this is how I fucking talk. You know what I mean? So like I don't you want me to be fake and like put on like the radio voice of like, now here we are. It's like, ah, that doesn't to me, that doesn't make any sense. You know, like obviously you don't want to put people to sleep, you know, unless you're doing like an ASMR podcast. But um, you know, I think there is a balance where you can find like what is real and authentic which to me is 100 percent always going to be the number one thing like write that down four fucking times be authentic that is the number one thing because people are going to come back to you because they relate to you so uh but you obviously you also want to like get people excited so even just speaking a little bit louder like you don't necessarily have to like you know put on some fake voice but even volume just makes a difference you know what i mean like that that gives off the illusion of of energy you know what i mean Um, usually like using inflection points, you know what I mean? Like, you know, going up and down in tone and really kind of like, remember, you're like telling a story, you're almost like, you know, painting a picture for people. And the way you use your voice is like how you're going to keep people interested in that, you know, so, so utilizing inflection points um, in your voice. And honestly, like depending on, on your own personality, I think cursing is a, is a big way of like expressing energy and like waking people up. Like somebody like, John Oliver to me is like a genius in this because he just curses at these perfect times that like gets you excited and makes you wake up like, oh shit, he's like saying something real right now. You know what I mean? So um, use that kind of stuff. I mean, absolutely, if you curse a lot, please feel free to curse a lot. It's a podcast, it's the beauty of it. Uh, But to me, that's like all little things like that will get people engaged. And I also think the idea of cursing because people are so used to that being like something they don't hear on the radio or in audio I think that also just like is a quick thing to like sting people to get their engagement uh, sometimes as well. Uh, whoever else wants to has any questions or anything or any comments.
4: Um,
1: a,
3: question about,
4: um, a question about like how you found your own format. You were like, mm-hmm. oh, I went through like some failures and stuff. Like what were the things that like you clued in onto, or like you were like, I went through these phases and this is like what worked for me and what didn't or like and yeah. it, as you figure out like being authentic to you and being authentic to whoever whoever you bring in. And like, sure. where where's the ground that you found, like where it's like, ah, uh, this is, this is
3: what works. Right. I mean, I think at first I was just too broad. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I was doing like, I think the, the last one I did before, uh, I did two more, one, two more before this one, but the one I was doing before this that I did by myself, it was like cool, like inspirational type content, breaking down entrepreneurs and things like that. But at the same time, it was like, would you rather listen to me? Who's like, you know, living in a, a 800 square foot apartment with a roommate, you know what I mean? In like a back, illegal uh, legal apartment of, in Jersey city somewhere. You know what I mean? Or like, uh, or would you rather listen to like Gary Vee who's like, obviously a very successful businessman for that kind of content. And most people are probably gonna listen to Gary Vee. So, um, you know, it's kind of also getting real with yourself. Like, what do I really have to offer? And for me it was like, Tapping into something that, you know, growing up in life was one of my, one of my biggest insecurities um, and then realizing that my insecurity can now become my power and become my, my voice, you know what I mean? And, and if I'm feeling that way, there has to be so many other people who feel that way as well, you know, but it was definitely a gradual process. But one thing I can say is the more that I dove into being incredibly authentic and honest was the more that people began to like follow me and get engaged with my content. Um, and really like start to actually like really invest themselves in what I was doing so um, to me as honest as you can possibly be as direct as you possibly can be and like the things that really represent you the most are always going to be like the way to go
4: hi so question um so was there any like any kind of like healing work that you had to do in order to like really be able to open yourself up to be your most authentic self or like is there any practices that you picked up in order to really like bring out your voice
3: sure I, I had to stop caring about who was watching you know what I mean like I had to come to terms with the fact that my friends from high school my mom my sister whoever would probably see some of my content and it might surprise them I had to like get over that fear of oh my goodness, if I say this fucking my next door neighbor, David might look at me different or something like that. You know what I mean? If I speak about mental health and like anxiety or depression, my parents might be like, what the fuck? When the hell did you have any of this? You know what I'm saying? And like, that might be a conversation I have to have now. And like, I had to get over that fear. One thing that helped me was like over the pandemic, I was doing a lot of like uh, Instagram lives. So it was like, I can't control who's tuning into these Instagram lives. And I would just be incredibly honest about it. But I think it's just throwing yourself in the fire, you know what I mean? And, and just like ripping off that, that bandaid, but like, yeah, definitely I, I can 110% relate to that. If you're like feeling self-conscious about sharing so much and like, cause I can, I would picture specific people in my head, like that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like now, I don't give a shit about what anybody has to say when it comes to this kind of stuff. And you'll eventually get to that point as well, but you really just have to throw yourself in that fire and gradually it will become easier and easier. But it's definitely incredibly tough at first, especially if you're like making content about, you know, that's centered around like your own vulnerabilities and whatever shit's going on in your life. Let's see, anybody else? I have a question.
4: Um, Sure. Hi, my name is Priyanka. Thank you. Nice to meet you.
3: you.
4: Thank you for sharing all that. Um, I'm thinking about staying authentic and being present, like with yourself, and then you can like do that for your guest or multiple sure. guests, whatever. But I'm also thinking about sometimes there's there's like communication styles that can be different. Um, mm-hmm. My podcast is, as it stands right now, is look is a deep dive into the different ways that information runs mm-hmm. parallel to just everything and how it's leveraged as social currency Mm. specifically um like in terms of content I've been thinking about like the immigrant experience what it's like to always consistently be seeking out information as a means of survival Mm. I'm thinking about local politics all of that and right now there there will be like anecdotal evidence as long as well as like statistics but I'm thinking about like the anecdotal Component which, like, I want the people sharing their stories to feel like comfortable and safe, while at Mm -hmm. the same time, I want to be myself. Right. And I'm thinking of like, if there's any specific like tools or strategies that you use to either like steer a conversation if it's starting to get kind of um, low energy. Yeah. That makes sense. Or like Mm -hmm. any de escalation.
3: Right. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a, a firm believer that the interview starts before you even hit record. So as soon as that person enters the room, enters the Zoom, um, your ability to make them feel comfortable, I think, sets the tone for the interview itself. You know what I mean? So just small talk, being a human being, you know what I mean? Not being a, a robot, you know what I mean? Like little small talk to me will warm that person up to like saying, okay, this is like a person. We're going to have a conversation, you know? Um, so that's been a big practice of mine. Um being very well researched on the people that you're interviewing. I mean, that usually goes without saying, but I feel like a lot of people take that for granted because I think that the more you know about that person, the more touch points you're going to kind of have to, you know, be able to get in with them a little bit. That um, gives you that that leverage. And something that's incredibly helpful for me is um, very early on in the interview, uh, expressing something vulnerable about myself, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that allows them to put their guard down. Now, obviously you want it to be something on topic, but I'll usually try and share a story about myself to kind of let them, you know, kind of have their guard down a little bit and let them know that, you know, we're it's like equal footing here. We're both going to kind of be sharing here and it's an equal conversation. I'm not like, you know, uh, sitting here interrogating you or something like that. At the end of the day, like, don't try and, and look at it too much like an interview, like ask questions that you genuinely are interested in. You know what I mean? That you genuinely want to know the answers to, you know? And when you ask a question, allow that person to, to answer it. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times people also, when they're doing interviews will kind of get into this mode of, uh, of like almost answering the question for the guests. You know what I mean? Like, even if you sort of might know the answer, allow them to like, you know, spell out their, their answer. And then you can kind of really give your opinion on it and, and have them elaborate on it or you elaborate on it as well. But, um, you know, understand that at the end of the day, this is supposed to be a conversation uh, and you never want to just sit there, you know, um, interrogating them. I think that's like the easiest way to say it. All right, we got some more questions coming up, but let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
5: As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks, for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24 7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever.
1: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu All
3: right, we are back, and uh, let's jump into some more questions.
1: I don't really have a question. I was going to say I love your hat. I'm really oh, into thank ours
3: you. right now, and so appreciate I'm really you. Really enjoying the hat.
1: Uh, but no, this <laughs> very helpful. I think. Sometimes we get, I I don't know for me, and I'm just going to say this. I was reeling in my head this morning while I was working on something else of like, what am I going to do? And what is my, my next couple of months going to look like? And oh my God, everything. Like I was, like I was typing and I was working, but I could feel the anxiety starting to creep up of like, what is the next six months going to look like for me after when everything is said and done. And um, this is just kind of another iteration of me trying to remind myself, like it's going to all work out the way it's supposed to. So just hearing your story was very reassuring. So thank you.
3: Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, Don't get caught up in like trying to predict the future. And and one of the things I love to do is make like lists of things. Like if I have my six month goal, I break it down into as many small little steps that I possibly could do. So it could be a step as small as like email this person. You know what I mean? Like listen to this podcast. Like, and that will ease a lot of that anxiety and also allow you to kind of feel this sense of accomplishment as you're like just checking off all these little things. You know, like I'm a big fan of lists, especially when you're doing something like this that has so many moving parts. Um, like even if it's just like research this topic that could be a very small thing but like all that stuff will help you and I think it'll um, relieve some of that anxiety you have around like taking on a project like this especially if it's your first time
4: just before um, we end I was just curious on um, like I heard you talking about how you love uh, love Nipsey Hustle. And I was wondering if there, if there was anything that you would share um, from what you learned from him.
3: Yeah. Um, I think it's just the idea of the marathon, right? Like to me, I see a lot of my, I see a lot of my story and his story or vice versa because he was somebody who didn't have like that big success. You know what I mean? A lot of people counted him out very early on. A lot of people knew who he was, but there was also a lot of people that felt like his music wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like um and and even just like a lot of people felt like that sound he had of like this west coast kind of gangster rap at first it was like that was a tired old sound but he kind of just stuck to the plan it was just like little by little baby steps and just like the idea that his whole mantra is a marathon it's not a sprint it's a marathon you know what i mean so allowing yourself to have that that kind of understanding that this is going to be a long process but it's going to be worth it you know what i mean don't put too much pressure on yourself to have to do everything right now it's like you know, you just put one brick at a time, laying one brick at a time every single day. Eventually, you will get to where you want to go. Like, listen, I've been in this music industry stuff for uh, over 15 years now at this point. You know what I mean? Since I've been a teenager. And when I was a teenager, it, the goal was to do this for a living. So it wasn't like I was just bullshitting when I was a teenager. I was hitting it hard, and it's taking me that long to get to a place where, you know, my creative endeavors are what's paying the bills, you know? So you have to be really dedicated to it and understand that for some people, for some of us, myself included, it is going to be a a longer process than others. You know what I mean? So definitely the idea of like the marathon is something I've related to when it comes to his story that it took a long time for for Nipsey to get the you know the flowers that he definitely deserved. Thank you for that. Absolutely.
4: Time for
2: conclusion soon.
3: Mm. All right. So I hope you guys got a lot of value out of those two parts of the conversation. Um, you know, hearing my story kind of in a long form version of it as well as hearing the questions that other creatives like yourself had um to me again like I said when I first started the show like from starting you know being really exhausted and like feeling man I just wish I had like the night to myself and then when it was over um after I was done talking to everybody I just felt super inspired myself so hopefully you're walking away from this feeling uh you know the same way I think you know when it comes to kind of you know wrapping everything up in a in a neat little bow um I think the first thing I would always say is understand that this whole thing is a process, and you have to enjoy the process. And maybe some of y'all will find success quicker than I did, but I know for me, it took a very long time. I mean, I mentioned this from being a teenager; you're talking over 15 years now of work, and it really was only up until very recently that I was truly able to like provide a, a life for myself. You know, so you have to understand that whatever it is you're trying to do, like go into it with the mindset that this is going to be a long drawn out process and listen if it ends up being quicker than you expected that's like a beautiful surprise but i think you have to just kind of go into it understanding that it's probably going to take a long time to build whatever it is you're trying to build and you have to find joy in that process i mean that is what it's all about i actually came across a really dope quote today um that i found to, to be really fitting to this and it was uh by lisa Kleypas, and the quote was uh one isn't improved by being at the top of the mountain one is improved by the climb and that's just so fitting to this. And I think that's how you have to look at it. Like, understand that your journey, all of the, you know, uh, cuts and bruises that you obtain along the way, like that is all about your learning process, and that is a part of the experience. And to be honest with you, like that goal that you have in mind, like getting it should never really be viewed as like the best part of this whole thing. Like the process of getting there is what is the best part about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm granted, I'm loving being in the position that I'm in right now. But at the same time, it's like the 15 years of stories and experiences that I have leading up to this, like, those are the things that I truly do cherish, you know what I mean? Those parts of my story, and not taking, again, anything away from my current state right now, but, you know, I don't think I would enjoy where I'm at right now if it wasn't for having all these, like, incredible stories, the ups and downs that come along with, uh, you know, Chasing Your Dreams. Like, I don't think I would truly be able to appreciate it in the way that I am right now. Um... And and being able to kind of like function even, you know what I mean? Like even from just like an experience standpoint, like I wouldn't be getting the opportunities that I'm getting right now if it wasn't for those 15 years of of ups and downs. So, I mean, kind of completing that thought to me, it's like understand that whatever you decide to do, it has to be a long term kind of play for yourself. You know what I mean? Like and and be okay with that and be committed to the process and understand that it's not going to happen overnight. And that's that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And I think the other most poignant thing to me was was this idea of like breaking yourself free of that fear of of who might be watching or listening to the things that you're saying. Because if you allow yourself to get caught up in what others may think of you, regardless if it's your family, friends, whatever the case may be, like. You're never going to find that true happiness because you're always going to kind of be holding something back, you know. You can't expect to create something great if you're always concerned about what someone else is going to think of it. And honestly, it's easier said than done. Like I said, you know, in the in the speech and the Q&A part of it where it was like I, w- I would always think about like, oh, man, like when my mom hears this, she's going to judge me for this or when my sister or my friend or whoever the case may be, you know, but – the more I got over that fear, the more I started to connect with people. And that's what this whole thing is is really all about. So, you know, allow yourself to to get rid of that fear of being judged and just create, you know what I mean? That's that's what you have to do. That's what this whole thing is all about is the idea of just creating and creating from an authentic place that really, truly represents who you are. That is what's most important, and that is where the fulfillment comes in, you know, when you are able to wake up every day doing something that you love and presenting yourself in the way that you want to be presented to the world. That is what all of this is all about at the end of the day. And that's how you find your voice, you know, getting rid of that fear and just owning your voice at the end of the day. So I hope all of that was super helpful to anybody out there who's just thinking about starting something up, whether it be a podcast or whether it be a business. You know, uh, I think all that advice and all that information is interchangeable. You know, I, I hope that it inspires you to to stick it out, whatever it might be. Just understand, you know, nothing great is built overnight. Somebody like Nipsey Hussle was the epitome of that, and his whole mantra of the marathon. Um, and man, that analogy of just building each brick one by one, you know, and not worrying about having a wall, just worrying about laying that brick down each and every day as best as you possibly can. Um, that's what it's, what it's all about in the end. And with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back again with another episode on Thursday. We'll have my girl Cat Lasso um as a guest and we'll talk about representation and why it's so important especially as we talk about being minority groups you know especially in the latin community obviously where i focus a lot of my conversation um why representation matters i mean specifically even places like hollywood you know why it's important to see somebody that looks like you or i um so we'll dive into all of that on thursday at dj dramos if you want to be a part of these conversations our ask a gringo conversations you can ask me questions and i'll read them i know we didn't get to it on this episode um but definitely on thursday i'll be leaning on y'all for for some questions uh when it comes to that topic so make sure you follow me on there so you can chime in and uh yeah i'll see y'all on thursday with a new episode until then peace life as a gringo is a production of the Michael podcast network and iHeartRadio. radio <laughs>
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Right here,
4: right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next-day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee.